the more we can embrace the things that we want to do as like the joys of being alive, being a human who gets to exist in this beautiful time and space with the people around us, the better. Hi, friend. Welcome to Gather and Growth, a show created for passionate, growth-focused, rural women like you. From mindset work and building strong habits to exploring the unique joys and challenges of living rural, this is a show to leave you feeling joyful, inspired, and a little less alone. Together, we're on a journey of reaching for the most confident, healthy, and authentic version of ourselves, and I'm forever grateful to have you by my side. Whether you're currently running on a back road, shuffling kids to town, hopping along for a tractor ride, or three loads deep into folding laundry, grab yourself a nice coffee and let's dive in. Hello, good morning. Welcome back to Gather in Growth. Today is one of those days where I wish I could fit about five hours worth of my to-do list in the next 45 minutes. My son and I are leaving for summer camp here in about an hour. I am so excited to take him back to the camp that I grew up going to as a camper and then worked as a camp counselor for several summers. It's a really special place to me. And I get to take him to like a, a just you and me overnight camp. We get to stay in a cabin and go canoeing and horseback riding and fishing and do arts and crafts and just all the fun stuff. So I am giddy. And then this weekend we are embarking on a road trip. I can't even say a vacation because I feel like taking two kids cross country on a road trip is an adventure, not a vacation. A vacation is relaxing (laughs) on the beach or on a mountain and staying put and chilling out. And we are not going to be chilling out, but it's going to be super fun. Anyway, my kids are home right now. Our beloved babysitter is here. So if you hear noises in the background, welcome to chaos. I'm sure you have your own version of this, whether it's kids or dogs or who knows what. But anyway, today we are going to dig into a conversation about simple things that you can start doing effective immediately that can have a really big impact on your life. And I'm going to preface this, and I've said this before, none of this is particularly earth-shattering, groundbreaking information, but these are some things that have helped me And I think sometimes we really overcomplicate, well, first of all, a lot of things, but whether it's personal growth or professional growth or our health or or whatnot, it just can feel so overwhelming to do so many different things. But when it comes down to it, it is the little micro changes that make a lasting impact on our physical health, on our mental health, on the trajectory of our careers, on the quality of our relationships, of so many things. So coming into this, I'm just going to let you know, nothing here is super earth shattering. But I do think that sometimes we are meant to hear certain things on certain days in just the right way. And that prompts us to, to make the change. And it's very likely information that you've heard before, but perhaps the way it is shared today or just the way you are receiving it makes you consider like, huh, yeah, okay, I can do that. Let's give it a go. So I tried to narrow this down to like a top five list. And then I just kept typing things. 
So we'll see how many this turns out. You know, might be five, might be seven, might be four with a bonus. We'll see. We're just gonna we're just gonna let this conversation roll as it's supposed to because, like I said, I got a I got a lot going on this morning. So welcome. I'm so so grateful that you're here. Okay, first thing that I think is theoretically very simple but can make a really big difference is walking more. I know, like so groundbreaking. <laughs> And I think the reason that I included this on the list is because it has a ripple effect of benefits that can be traced down to one thing that most everyone can do in their own way. So first of all, obviously, we have the physical side of things. There has been study over study over study that shows that the most simple and effective way that you can change your physical health is through walking. We get really complicated and obsessed with workout regimens or Pilates apps or certain kinds of gyms or training programs or whatnot. And that is all good and well and fine. But if you're trying to make easy, sustainable changes effective today, walking is such a win. Okay. So yeah, we could go into the cardiovascular health, the, you know, respiratory, the blah, 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 blah. But Also, just from the mental health aspect and the emotional health aspect, there's a lot of science behind why that repetitive forward motion helps us process things, helps us solve problems, um, helps kind of reset our brain. That's actually some an expert I would really love to have on the podcast is to learn more about the, the science behind that. But forward momentum, forward motion moving is, I think, biologically part of what we're hardwired to do. I mean, if you think of early people, they were in motion, they were moving. And so to ground ourselves with that on a daily basis, I think can be so powerful. And one of the most impactful things I heard someone say recently on a podcast, um, they were talking about, you know, a meditation practice, which I have tried (laughs) In the traditional form of like, sit still, clear your mind, yada, yada. No, Mm -mm. that is like my nightmare. There was one day last year, I was doing the 75 hard habit mental toughness challenge. And I had really done some, done a number on my back. Like I could hardly even move, but I was bound and determined to not give up this challenge. I was like on day 60 or something. So I decided, okay, I'm going to do 45 minutes of meditation outside, like I'm still using my workout app, like I'm pushing myself to do something hard that I really don't want to do. And I'm telling you those 45 minutes of like still silent meditation were harder than running a half marathon, like my nightmare. Anyway, um, but on this podcast, she was talking about what it meant for her to meditate through movement on something like a walk. And it was like mind exploding. Like, yes, every time I go on a walk, my mind gets clearer. I come back feeling energized. Like my body feels good. And then I think how you utilize that time on your walk can also be so powerful. Just not listening or doing anything and being outside, feeling the sunshine, feeling the wind on your face, even if the weather is so crummy and you're feeling like sleet on your face. Like there is something that grounds us in the aliveness of the human experience by being outside and moving. 
just in the elements. So there's that. I also use a lot of my walking time to catch up on Marco Polo with friends. It's like a app. This is not sponsored, though it should be because I use this app all day, every day. It's kind of like a hybrid between FaceTime and Snapchat and I don't even know, voice memoing. I don't know. It's great. So I use so my walk time for Marco Poloing. I listen to podcasts while on a walk. I listen to music that energizes me on a walk. And for me, it is just a has become a ritual over the last couple of months of something that's like almost a non-negotiable in my day. Of course, there's some days where life is just chaos and it maybe doesn't happen, but I'm up to walking faithfully an hour every day. And now this is after my first trimester when I was asleep for four months straight, but May, June, and now we're into July. I've been walking about an hour a day every day and it has been so, so good. So maybe you're sitting here going, girl, you're crazy. I do not have an hour of my day. Great. Five minutes, 10 minutes. 20 minutes, as close to outside as you can get. Obviously, if you have a treadmill or a walking pad or access to a gym, there are benefits to walking inside as well. But if you can find any time in the day to walk, especially outside, I think it has a ripple effect on so many things that are so good for us. Okay, second one. Again, not groundbreaking. My God, go to sleep. Go to sleep earlier than you are right now. Unless you're like me and your bedtime is between 8 and 9 p.m. If you are a person that's up at 10, 11, 12, or past that, one of the best things I ever did for myself and my mental health and my emotional health and my physical health was learn to have an earlier bedtime. I have not always been this way. I have been a Oh my gosh, I was a night owl for like my whole life. I would stay up so stinking late, even well into motherhood. This isn't like it just started when my my kids were little. No, like we would keep our kids up late. First of all, because we just wanted to spend time with them, but also that's just what we did. And it goes without saying, but it just put us in this perpetual cycle of every morning being behind the eight ball and being groggy and tired and then drinking caffeine and then having to have afternoon caffeine and then not, not being able to go to sleep. Okay. Yeah, I know. And especially if you're a mom, if you're a stay-at-home mom, I know that that evening time can be so sacred because that is your alone time. But I promise you, in earlier bedtime, like a granny early bedtime, will make you feel so much better during the day that you are not so frustrated and overstimulated that you feel like you need that time to decompress in the evening. I'm not going to tell you how to get established with an earlier bedtime. You can Google that. There's a million ways. But I mean, obviously, like anything, make small changes. Start with 15 minutes earlier, 15 minutes earlier, 15 minutes earlier, 15 minutes earlier, whatever. But the better sleep that you are getting, the earlier you can get to sleep, the longer you are sleeping, it is going to change your cognitive awareness. It's going to change your patience level. It's going to change so many things about your health your digestion, your quality of workout. I mean, okay, that's all. I've become a grandma. And now that it's summer, my bedtime's closer to nine because it is literally still light outside at eight. But catch me in the winter, like I am in bed, probably asleep by 8.15. And this is coming from someone who is not always that way. So I promise if I can figure it out, so can you. Okay, third one again, duh, but 
limit your intake of mindless scrolling on social media. When I started UDU82 in May, I had no scroll on my tracker. And I very faithfully did that for a little over a month. And then I was out of town for a weekend. And so I was like, oh, what's one day? It's fine. Okay, now I'm back to like scrolling way more than I should. And I, because I went a month without it, and now am inching back closer to what I used to be, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like when I was doing the straight up no scroll, and I'm not saying you have to go all or nothing, but when I was doing that, I got so much more done in my work day. I read so many more books. I had less self-deprecating thoughts, less imposter syndrome, more creativity in like my own posts and like the things I was putting together for work. I was sleeping better. Like it was crazy. And I'm not saying it needs to be all or nothing. And you know that I will advocate that social media can be a really incredible asset in your life. So many of my friendships are from social media. Literally my entire business is built around social media. But now I think I have much more awareness of what intentionality looks like. So whether it's like actually posting something. So if you are a business owner or a content creator, like using your time on social to actually post or engage with the people you want to engage with, like making a point to go to your friends or businesses that you like or people that you want to support or thought leaders who resonate with you, going to their feeds and interacting with their content or, you know, using messaging, things like, or even like, so last week I read, well, last weekend, I read Fourth Wing, influenced by literally everyone on the internet. And I had been seeing reels and posts and stuff about it over the last couple of weeks, but obviously I couldn't look at it because I hadn't read the book. And so I dedicated like a full hour on Monday. I'm like, I'm going to scroll all the fourth wing social. And I freaking loved it because I had read the book and I love connecting with other people who have read the book and seeing their perspective on it and their take and their theories and their character art. Like that was such a fun hour for me because I had intention in it. Like I knew, okay, I have this free hour. I just read this book. I'm so pumped. I want to see what other people are talking about it. And so I did. And at the end I was like, I don't feel like that was a waste of time because I did exactly what I set out to do. But there have been times recently, like I'm saying in 2023, where I would accidentally spend two or three hours scrolling at a time, multiple times a day. I mean, especially when I was like so sick and I couldn't do anything else in my first trimester, but it did not make me feel good. It did not make me feel good about myself. It didn't make me feel productive. It didn't it wasn't like fun. I have recently learned a lot more about how people with ADHD, especially women, are really susceptible to scrolling on social media because it is literally repetitive dopamine. Um, like obviously we know, oh, scrolling's easier than doing hard things. Yeah, okay, I get that. But like I could not figure out why I could not stop. And it turns out my brain was legitimately addicted to it in the same way that other people are addicted to drugs or alcohol or whatever. And addiction runs in my family and understanding the like, basically crack I was giving my brain by allowing myself to fall into that pattern. It was like, oh my gosh. But understanding it also gave me the ability to have so much compassion around it. It's like, 
oh, well, now I understand better how to break it and why it's important versus just shaming myself into get off your phone, like do better, be more productive, whatever. Generally speaking, shaming yourself into doing or not doing anything is the least effective way to make a change. Never works and you just feel terrible in the long run. If we all could shame ourselves into doing or not doing things, we would all be like so fit, so rich, so whatever, but it's just not, it's just not effective. So anyway, I think taking inventory of the way that you use social media and building some intentionality around it, whether it's hard boundaries, like not using it till a certain time of the day or putting it away at a certain time. Some people are really effective with like time limits, like, ugh. A struggle. So now I tried to ground myself more in like, what's my intention? And sometimes maybe that is, you know what? I have 20 minutes and, you know, my daughter's asleep next to me. I don't really want to get up. I don't really feel like getting into a book. Like, I am going to scroll. I'm going to see what's going on in the world. Because I will say, when I was totally doing my no scroll, there were a lot of things that I missed that I normally would like to see. But that experience has given me a very different boundary around what role scrolling on social media is playing in my life. Hey friends, I'm going to be totally honest. In the past four months, my habits have gone out the window. Pregnancy be humbling like that sometimes. But now that I'm starting to feel like a functional human again, I am so ready to get back to the things that I know make me feel physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy and strong which is why I am jumping into a new round of You Do You 82. You Do You 82 is a habit challenge where you get to choose six habits to intentionally build or break through the lens of progress over perfection for 82 days. This challenge is 1000% free and anyone can start anytime. However, I know it's always more fun when we do something like this together. I'm jumping in within the next couple of weeks, and I think you should too. If you are ready to bring some intentionality into your life and truly take care of you throughout this summer, I invite you to join us. Tap the link in today's show notes to download your free Journey Through You Do You 82 workbook today. Whether or not you've done this before or anything like it, I believe that any time is a good time to invest in yourself. There's no need to compare yourself to where you've been, where you wish to be, or what anyone else around you is doing. This is for you exactly where you're at today. Again, you're going to tap the link in today's show notes, head to youdoyou82.com to get started. I am so ready. Let's do this. So speaking of social media, my next point can also be tied to social media in that One thing that you can do to radically change your life is inventory your community, the people that you're surrounded by. If you are making a lifestyle change, if you are pursuing goals, if you're starting to share online, if you're starting a business, if you want to parent differently, if you are training for a marathon, whatever, whatever it is you're doing, and the people that you are regularly interacting with directly negate that are negative, are not supportive, are not doing that thing, like you are going to have so much resistance. So much resistance. First of all, within yourself, because imposter syndrome is real and our limiting beliefs and our negative self-talk can get really loud. 
And if you are around people that reconfirm that regularly, like you are constantly going to feel like you're walking through a brick wall and it's going to stop you potentially, or it's going to make it a lot harder. Now, this isn't to say, hey, friend, literally disengage from every single person in your life that you've ever known. That's also not necessarily healthy. But I think it's really important to understand what role different people play in our life and you know, maybe what kinds of things that we share with them and the way that we are investing our time with them. And if you can identify that the people you're spending the most time with or interacting with the most are not representative of the person you want to be, then perhaps it's time to weave in some new people into the mix. Again, I'm not saying like drop all your friends and go find a new circle besties. Like that's easier said than done. But there are some things that you can do today to find people who match the vision you have for your future, whatever this looks like. Again, parenting, health, fitness, business, career, whatnot. Um, There is so much truth behind, you know, the quotes like, you become the summary of the five people you spend the most time with, or show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Like, whatever catchy saying you want to use for that. It is so stinking true. So maybe that doesn't look like the people right around you. Maybe that looks like putting yourself in a new situation. Like if you are wanting to make a change in your health, like this is why CrossFit gyms are so effective because you literally come into it, into this already established group of people who care very strongly about one thing and then it ripple affects you to start caring about other things. You come in, you know, knowing you're going to get a good workout and then people are talking about their nutrition plans and these shoes. And then all of a sudden you're making friends and you end up signing up for a race together. And then you're doing this competition and then you start hanging out and like the foods that they're eating are different than maybe what you were eating. Like this is how people get really interconnected with something like uh, that situation is because you are literally seeking out a demographic or a group of people for a specific reason who are already modeling something that you want in your life. So, you know, in the example of the things that I do, like that's why my masterminds and my retreat are so effective because you are literally seeking out a group of people who are on a similar thought pattern, who are on a trajectory that aligns with the person that you're growing into. And maybe you don't feel like you're fully there yet, but you are immersing yourself. You are finding people who are are smarter than you, who are further along the journey than you, or who are at least like on a parallel journey in you and walking through it together. On the days where I feel like, okay, entrepreneurship is a roller coaster. Anyone who is a business owner in any capacity is nodding right along because entrepreneurship has the capacity to give you the best day of your life and the worst day of your life in 12 hours. <laughs> Or in the same week. And it has been so powerful for me to surround myself with women who are on similar journeys. So on the days where I feel like I'm totally spiraling out, I'm like, oh my gosh, everyone hates me. Why am I doing this? Like, I can't figure this out. Yada, 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 yada. They can speak some truth into my life and say, oh my gosh, yes, I've been there. Here's what's helped me. Like, Here's all the things that you are doing that are successful. Like, is that thought true? What about this? I have a lot of friends in my life who are not business owners, who are not entrepreneurs, and they are so 
supportive and incredible people, but they are not necessarily the people I can come to on a day where I am really struggling as an entrepreneur. They might be the ones that I can go to when I'm struggling as a mom or when I need advice in the health space or something like that. But having that network of people who understand where I'm at and where I'm going, so powerful. So maybe it is something like joining a mastermind or going to a retreat or joining a Facebook group or even just inventorying what voices you're allowing to speak into your life through podcasts or who you're following on social media, who you're spending your time with, I think can be some of the most simple, effective ways to make long-term change in whatever capacity you're pursuing. Okay. Along those lines, adopting a phrase, something along the lines of, is this supporting the life that I want? And using that to filter everything. And it sounds so simple. Is this supporting the life that I want? You know, and I think that ties back to so many of the things that we've already talked about. Like, whatever choice that you're making, like, are you doing it rooted with intention? Is staying up late supporting the life that you want? Is, you know, doom scrolling social media for three hours supporting the life that you want? Is going out drinking all night supporting the life? Like, whatever that is, whatever moment you're in, whatever choice you're making, think using that filter of like, what are my intentions here? And is this supporting the future that I say that I want? Because, oh, there's all sorts of different, uh, what's the word? Is it euphemisms? I feel like that's not the right word. Maybe metaphors (laughs) for this as well. It's like every action you take is a vote for the person that you're becoming. And so either you're investing in what you want or continuing to deposit in what you don't want. And it's like, you know, there's also every step you take is blah, 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 whatever direction. Okay, whatever. But the point is using that and not from a like a moral, is this good? Is this bad? I should be doing this. I shouldn't be doing that. No, 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 no. Like, but is this, is this supporting the life that I want? You know, for me going and sitting on the back patio to do my work, like that's supporting the life that I want. I set intention at the beginning of the summer. I want to be outside as much as possible. I want to enjoy the world being green. I don't want to feel like I'm changing my desk for a certain amount of time. Like I want to be able to take my computer and go sit outside and knock some work out. Like, yes, absolutely. And I think you can use that phrase in so many different situations for so many different things. And it can be a guiding principle to help guide that decision-making in the moment where you're like, is this, what, what intention am I bringing to this? And sometimes maybe it is like, I'm just doing this for fun. And because I want to, great, you get the choice for that. But that I think can be a more simple filter than stressing about a certain schedule or a to-do list, or am I doing enough or am I not doing enough? Or should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? It's just like, is this supporting the life that I want? The end. And on the topic of mindset shifts, phrases, yada, 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 like I really challenge you to reconsider the way you use phrases such as just or should or need. Um, Like, oh, I'm just a blah, 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 or I'm just doing this, or I don't know. Why can't I think of an example? Good question. Probably because I can hear my kids in the hallway. Or I should be doing this, or I need to be doing this, or I have to be doing this. Like, you get to, first of all, you get to choose 
And if you're doing something because you feel obligated and not because you actually want to, then reconsider why you're doing it in the first place. Because you don't actually have to do anything. You can actually make the choice at any point in time to do or not do anything. And if it is not serving you or your health or your family, then you get to consider whether or not you even pursue that. So taking a look at what your shoulds or justs or needs to or haves to and your mindset around that. And perhaps it's as simple as like switching it to like, I get to, I get to move my body today. I get to fuel myself well with foods that make me feel good. I get to take my kids to the pool. I get to go to bed early. Like the more we can embrace the things that we want to do as like the joys of being alive, being a human who gets to exist in this beautiful time and space with the people around us, the better. The more we are constantly putting ourselves in a position of obligation of should, have to, need to, the more that even the most mundane things are going to feel like a chore. If we are constantly going through our day feeling like we need to do something or we have to do something or we should do something, that's so much resistance wrapped into it just in your like mindset and phrasing. Cooking dinner, doing the laundry, that kind of stuff, like Yeah, it can be super mundane, but if I get to fold my kids' clothes, it's because I can, because I have the money to buy my kids' clothes. I have the blessing of having two kids, another on the way that I get to enjoy this time with. If I focus on how I have to do this, how I have to do that, like you're automatically putting yourself in a negative mindset for something that was once something you prayed for. Like if I think back 10 years ago, all I ever wanted was to be a mom. All I ever wanted was to have a family with this person that I loved. And now I get to. I think that goes back to something else I've talked about that I wasn't planning on getting into today is, you know, that daily gratitude practice of embracing those small moments as the joys that make life worth living. You know, we only get so many big milestones in our life, getting your driver's license, going off to college, getting the degree, landing the dream job, having, getting married, having babies, like getting the promotion, retiring, yada, 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 yada. If we are constantly focusing on these big milestones, launching the book, starting the business, like whatever, we are always living in a gap. We're always living from a place of lack or negativity And the more we can refocus that on like, what are the things that make every day awesome? Because that's our life. Getting to enjoy coffee on the patio, watching the sun go down, hearing your kids' laughter, a great conversation with a friend, overcoming fears around an email or whatever, like all of those beautiful little things are what make our life feel so rich and full. So even the things that we quote unquote need to do or have to do can be positive blessings and places of gratitude if we just reframe the way we're thinking about it, of the things that we we get to do or that we want to do. If there is something that you don't want to do or like to do or have to do, you don't have to. Best money I spend every month is... Uh, having someone come and clean my bathroom and vacuum my floors and wipe my countertop and do all those things. She is such 
a blessing and a gift in my life. Because it just got to the point that I didn't want to do it. My husband didn't want to do it. It just wasn't happening. And we were both frustrated. It was like, how can we solve this problem? No, we can. And now it's incredible. So also reconsider why, what do you actually have to do? And do you, I think even in the entrepreneurial space, do you actually have to do everything that's on your to-do list? Or do you just need to get really clear on what's really working and what's worth your time? Do you have to do this thing that this online guru said that was going to be the five ways to scale your business? Or do you feel like you need to because someone else said that it would work? And I think that's the takeaway is getting clear on what you actually want, how you want to spend your time, what you get to do, and being intentional about leaning into the things that make you feel your best and that you closer to the life you want to live. Feels like that should be a mic drop moment, but I did have one more thing on my list that was was for sure going to be a bonus because this actually isn't quite as simple as something you can do today, but I'm going to plug this as much as I possibly can forever and ever. Amen. Find a therapist, maybe a life coach, but find some third party person that can help you understand yourself let go of the shenanigans that's holding you back. Unpack those things that you have in a neat little box so that you can be free. I think for a really long time, I, first of all, just didn't even see therapy as a priority. And I just kept thinking, oh, well, someone has it worse. I haven't lived through that. Like my trauma isn't big enough to need to deal with it. Like blah, 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 blah. Here's the thing. If every single person in the world had a therapist, the world would be such a better place because it doesn't matter what you have lived through, what you've been through, what your life experiences have been like. There are things that are stuck in your brain that a therapist can help you work through that can make your life better, that can make you be able to parent more in the way that you want to, that can help you get past the stuff that's keeping you so stuck in your career or your business or your life or your relationships. Like I am not exaggerating when I say it has radically, radically changed my life. And this is something I started in what, October, November? And I went in expecting to talk about one thing and oh my God, we've gone so many different directions. And the anxiety that I felt about certain things as recent of February this year, literally do not exist in my brain anymore. Or when they do pop up, it's like a passing thought that I immediately know what to do with and immediately know how to debunk as not being the truth, where it used to dehabilitate me before. There is no magical qualification of who needs or who doesn't need therapy. And I think one of the biggest frustrations when I talk about this topic is that it is not necessarily easy to access. Our healthcare system, that's a whole other conversation. But whether it's through your local hospital, whether it's through a private practice, whether it's something like BetterHelp or some other online service, I cannot highly recommend starting your journey today to find someone to talk to. It is worth every single penny. And also know that therapy can be a little bit like dating, which was kind of intimidating for me at first. Is like, oh, what if I don't find the right fit? You might not. Just like your first date probably wasn't with the person you ended up with, or maybe it was and you got lucky. That's how <laughs> I got really lucky with my first therapist. But I know people who have like shopped around who knew that they wanted to find the right fit and like met with four different people in a month to just see what was out there. It's totally fine. And if something's not working for you, you're welcome to try something different. But that is maybe not something you can start today, but maybe a journey that you can Google today 
or you can ask around. There is no shame in asking the people around you like, hey, I listened to this podcast and this girl was just talking about how much therapy has helped her. And I don't really know what's in it for me, but I kind of feel like it's something I might explore. Like, do you know anyone? Ask your doctor, ask on Facebook, call your hospital. That is a tangent. I could go on forever. And here we go. I had like, you know, a dozen words written down in a Google doc of things that I could potentially talk on to change your life today. And we are now 36 or so minutes in. I am supposed to be leaving for camp in approximately 15 minutes. I have sleeping bags to roll up, some sheets to pack, and a car to load. So I suppose it's time we close this out. I hope something in this sparked your thought process, maybe something you'd try. And if you give one of these a try and you feel like it makes a difference, would love to hear about it again. Take this advice for what you will. Everything that I say and share is from my very own experience, but it is always the most important for me is for you to find your own experience. Because anyone that tells you that their way is the right way or the only way or the best way, they are sharing from their experience. And what works for them might not be what works for you. And that just sets you up for a whole nother spiral and cycle of shame and frustration. So as always, I encourage you to get clear on your own journey and what serves your physical, mental, emotional health, your business, your family, your career, your relationships, because you get this one life and you get to choose what intentionality looks like. And if something in this episode is helpful, wonderful, I would love for you to share it with a friend, share it on social. That always means so much to me, literally makes my day. Um, And that's how we empower more people to change their lives for the better. So, okay. I hear someone crying now. So until next time, I am so forever grateful for you. Have I told you today how much I appreciate you? I'd like to imagine this was a meaningful backyard patio kind of chat between friends sipping LaCroix at sunset. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a screenshot to share or forward this episode to a friend. You can also find me at Emily Rushel over on social to continue the conversation. It's truly a joy to hear what tidbits and takeaways made an impact on your day. As always, all links and resources mentioned in today's episode can be found in the show notes listed below or over at emilyrushell.com. Special thanks to my podcast manager, Jill Carr, for the time and love she puts into producing gathering growth for this community. What a blessing it is to be on this personal growth journey together. Forever grateful for you.